Well, I'm joined today by two special individuals, uh, and I'm excited that they've set aside some time from their schedule to come. And um, as we celebrate, kind of in a way, the, the last podcast of 2022, we're going to close it out with this one. And so our guests today are Dr. Edwin Hayes and Dr. Tom Richter. Can I, it's a guy, Dr. Doctor here. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm glad that you guys are both with us. And as we're in, we're in the holidays, we're all amongst them right now. And I thought it would be nice if, if our folks got to hear from some folks, some very influential folks, and that's you guys, right? I know y'all are uh, men that people know that in many respect, and, and myself included, I'll put myself in that camp. So I'm thrilled that you decided to come by, even Thanks. though I prompted you a little bit. It's not like you just showed up, but glad that you're here. And uh, we'll just spend a few minutes uh, chatting together. Uh, we wanted to talk, wanted to, you know, we always, for whatever reason, we always assume that everybody knows everything about everybody, whether it's me, Rebecca, Tom, you, Dr. Hayes, whoever it happens to be, we make that assumption. And, and the reality really is, is that people are continually coming on board at First Baptist, which is a huge blessing. So everyone doesn't, they don't know your background. Uh, they don't, they don't always know your background, even though we're, we're very visible and folks see us a lot. So some, I always start with just kind of some background information about you. So the first question that I ask, and I'll ask you, Dr. Hayes, is where are you from? That's what we Southerners do that a lot. We'd always try to establish some kind of common ground. So where are you from? Well, uh, I was actually born in New Orleans during the middle of World War II. <laughs> but that was because my father was a merchant seaman there. And uh, I lived there until 1948, so I was about five years old. My mother was from Blount County, okay. over not south of Oneonta. And so the, we, our family moved from New Orleans there, and uh, I went to elementary school at a little two-room schoolhouse at Rimlap. Rimlap, Alabama. Alabama. So that, that's where I grew up, went on to, uh, after that, uh, our family moved to the little town of Oneonta, and I went to high school there. I see. You, th this will surprise you. There are actually people who listen to this who will know where Rimlap is, <laughs> a bedroom community for Oneonta. Well, now, is that Palmer backwards? That is. <laughs> uh, it's exactly. That's the way that was named is the story that I was told. Palmerdale was about six miles south of Rimlap on the Birmingham Highway, and a group of folks that grew uh, ill with uh, the Palmers in Palmerdale moved up to that area and, and reversed the spelling of Palmer, made it Rimlap, and that's the, that's started a new community. Just some little known trivia there. You, you might not have, you, you, you could have gone your whole life and not realized that about Rimlap. So that's very thank you true. for sharing that with us. Tom, where are you from? Tell well, us. I've been on the podcast before. Yeah. yeah. So folks know I, I, I was born in Cincinnati and then uh, my dad got transferred with his company to a little sleepy town called Murray, Kentucky. And Murray is, boy, in so many ways, it reminds me so much of Coleman. They're very similar, small towns. And then, uh, yeah, my journey after uh, growing up in Murray, they have a little college there called Murray State University uh, where I went. So I tell people I'm, I'm from Kentucky. That, that'd be my... <laughs> yeah. 
And just passed through New York getting to us, correct? <laughs> and then, yeah, went to seminary in New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. 14 years in New York. Yeah, that was just sort of on the way, on route to Coleman. Well, Dr. Hayes, you mentioned that your father was a merchant marine. Tell us, tell us about your, your parents, about how they influenced you, what, as you're growing up, what they did. And you said you eventually settled in Rim Lab. Tell us something about how that, how that all was and about your parents. Sure. Uh, my dad... <clears throat> Grew up in New Orleans, uh, South Louisiana, born, uh, was a merchant seaman. My mom was from Blount County. She uh, and two of her sisters decided to be nurses. So they went to the old uh, uh, West End Baptist Hospital Nursing School in Birmingham. And, uh, and that was during the 30s, the late 30s. And uh, there was a call from the merchant Marine Hospital in New Orleans for uh, need of nurses. So the th those three uh, country girls grew up on a farm and they, in Blount County. They they moved to New Orleans, roomed together, and uh, my dad. There's a little bit of a story to it, but my dad was in a a, a typhoon at uh, South Pacific, and uh, he he was sent to the bridge to lock down the bridge just ride out the storm. And while he was on the bridge where the old wooden spoked wheels that guided the ship, uh, the ship was tossed by a wave and he was pitched into that leg first. And so from the knee to the ankle, my dad's legs had multiple compound fractures. And he actually spent 13 months in the Marine Hospital in New Orleans uh, recovering from two broken legs. He's an inch and a half shorter than he was before. They told him he'd never walk, but he did walk normally the rest of his life. Mother was his nurse at Marine Hospital. That's the way they met. And uh, old pastor, Dr. J.D. Gray, who was pastor of New Orleans First Baptist for years, won my dad to the Lord and baptized him and then married my mom and dad. Well, that's uh, neat, yeah. In New Orleans. That's great. Oh, man, that's, that's so, interesting, yeah. Yeah, and so, Tom, your parents, you grew up in Murray, and what? tell me about your parents, their influences, how you grew up. I mean, we've talked about this before, but people need to know how rough it was growing <laughs> up in Murray, Kentucky. It was such a, a, a uh, idyllic uh, childhood. My dad is a, was a quality control manager for Ken Lake Foods. They're a... Uh, food manufacturer that made the generics for the Kroger company. Kroger stores be like about like Publix. They have them throughout the South, uh, really all over. Anyway, um, and so yeah, he he um, uh, lived that life in uh, in industry and in uh, the factory world. And then uh, my mom is uh, you know classics major, a, a high school teacher. She taught Latin and French and English, but her real love is is Latin. That's neat. It's always been yeah. So. Uh, you know, both very active in the church. I don't, I don't know that I have any ministers in my family, um, but you know, dad was a, a, a deacon and, and, and mom was a Sunday school teacher. One of the, one of the things that's been really great to ask folks and to find out, and Tom and I have talked about this. We've enjoyed hearing how people came to know Christ. So I'll start with you this time, Tom, how did, tell us about your salvation experience, how you came to know Christ and that type of thing. Yeah, I was young. Uh, for me, it was the natural next step of faith. You know, my parents were believers. They brought me faithfully to the house of the Lord. And uh, uh, it, I really started asking questions and thinking more about my salvation when I saw my older sister. 
receive Christ right. and, and, and go through baptism. And that's what I kind of thought, well, what, what, what might this mean and look like for me? So I was uh, around maybe nine years old, uh, I think, when, I, uh, uh, when the Lord saved me and then uh, was, was baptized when I was nine. I want to ask you about that. And then I want to ask you guys about the call when you were called into you know, Christian service and being a minister. So, but Dr. Hayes, tell me about salvation, about your salvation okay. experience. Again, my, my parents were uh, Christians and the, we, we went to church faithfully on Sundays. A little country, country church, averaged less than most Sunday school classes uh, here. We, we averaged 25 or 30 in attendance at that little church, Village Springs. It was the uh, the nearest where our farm was, uh, and uh, it was four miles away. So we we went to church there, and uh, as a young, uh, we had a college uh, pastor from Samford, a student that pastor preached there, and I began to sense the Lord uh, convicting me of being a sinner, needing forgiveness, and uh, as a child, I, I went forward in a service and told the pastor that that I wanted to accept Christ, and the, they took me to a little Sunday school room, uh, one of two that were kind of behind the pulpit right. in the corner of the building. And my mom, he added my mom to come in with us, and he explained to me how to pray to ask God to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. And, and I was about eight or nine, I, I believe nine, like Tom. I, yeah. I didn't have anything to peg it to on the calendar. And the, unfortunately, a little country church doesn't keep records. Records, yeah. So, well, they probably are kept in somebody's attic somewhere, somewhere. today. <laughs> but they're lost to, to me. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, I was baptized then. And yeah. Well, since you've got the floor, why don't you go ahead and tell us about how you were called into the ministry and how you became okay. a pastor and all that kind of stuff. From that time on, through my childhood, I began to think about that maybe God wanted me to be a pastor. And uh, I struggled with it, uh, thought, thought about it a lot through my growing up years and high school years. I didn't tell anyone, not even my parents, that I was thinking about it. And uh, my mother had always assumed, I, I kind of got backed in, uh, in this sense, my mother had two sisters lived in Jacksonville, Alabama, and therefore had plans for me to live with them and go to Jacksonville. But I had the mistaken idea that if you were going to be a pastor, you needed to go to how old Howard College, now Samford University in Birmingham. And I was wrong about that, of course, but that's what I thought. So as a senior in high school, the spring of my senior year, I felt like I had to let them know what I was thinking about the ministry in order that I could go to Samford. <laughs> so I did. I went forward one Sunday morning at First Baptist Aniana where we had moved and uh, in ninth grade. And so from there to high school. And, uh, and so I went forward and made that commitment public and started being asked to speak at youth ministry Sundays in various small churches around Aniana and and I went off to Samford that fall as a freshman, and and as they say, the rest of history is history. history. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's great. So, Tom, you've shared it with with us before, but yeah. it's a great story. So, if you don't mind, share that with us again. I'd love to hear it, and I know everybody would. Yeah, um, you know, it's strikingly similar in some ways to what you shared, uh, Dr. Hayes. But uh, 
while while I can't look back on my salvation experience and peg it to any particular day or uh, anything particularly extraordinary, um, I can more so with this call to ministry uh, really wrestled with it. And I think partly why it, it, it is a little more vivid is that it was something that I was not expecting. I would even go so far as to say I was, I was opposed to the idea. And so in my own mind as a, a teenager, uh, I had this sense that God wants me to be a preacher. And I remember thinking, oh, I'll do anything but that. You know, I don't, I think partly because the, 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 the context I had, again, another similarity we share, you know, uh, I grew up in Locust Grove Baptist Church in, out, out in the county, a very small uh, church and uh, maybe 70 or 80 folks. I, I don't know, but um, uh, just sweet people. And I had a dear pastor who loved the Lord, Jack Jones, um, had, had been there 40 years or something. And um, I just, as a teenage boy, I just didn't have a context for me being in ministry. You know, we, we, we didn't have, you know, these youth speakers and all these different forms. And we didn't, we didn't know that. I just knew I'm so far removed from what that person is that that's not even on my radar. I could never be that. And so uh, when, when I had the, I didn't know where it was coming from. Looking back, I, I can only assume it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But at that time, I'm, I'm like, am I, am I imagining this? Is this? But either way, no, I won't do that. I won't be a preacher. <laughs> and in the providence of God, in his good time, you know, um, uh, after uh, Jack Jones retired, we had other pastors come in and, and very different, very young. One in particular was only a few years older than I was, less than a decade older than me. And uh, so he's in his 20s, and he plays basketball, which was mind-blowing to me, just to play basketball on the little basketball hoop outside our church. So me and my buddy Jeff are playing ball, and this guy comes out of the parsonage and starts playing basketball with us. Well, that, that alone was shocking. And then the fact that he was really good at it was shocking. And so uh, here I am wrestling with this call to ministry. No peace in my heart. I mean, to the point where really I, I was losing sleep at night wrestling over this sense that I don't want, no, God, I don't want to, I don't want to be a minister. And, uh, and so this guy's out playing basketball with us. Again, I've told this story. And so you can maybe just fast forward through this part of the podcast if you've listened to it before, but, uh, you know, we're, we're shooting hoops and this guy says, and, and I've since asked him, he doesn't even remember saying it, but it nudged the trajectory of my life when he said, yeah, I was actually, uh, offered a, a scholarship to play college basketball, to which in Kentucky we're going, well, this is, a, this is a dream come true. I mean, you write your ticket. He says, yeah, but I turned that down to go to Bible college because God wanted me to be a preacher. And of course, I'm thinking, why would any, what? <laughs> and he says, again, he doesn't remember saying it, but he said, uh, yeah, but I figure what good is all that if you don't have peace with God? Well, at that point, he had me dead to rights. You know, and he didn't know my story. He didn't know I was struggling, but God did. And God used that comment to really, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis might say, that was checkmate. You know, he, he had me. And I thought, well, I don't have any peace with God, so okay, yes, Lord. And then, you know, uh, one thing led to another. And, and that pastor at that time was Kevin Hand, who's now at Gardendale. A lot of people remember Kevin was at Valley View in Louisville, but what they may not know is that he was a little church called Locust Grove for a couple years as my pastor. And uh, so we've since reconnected and, and all those years and um, have, have been so grateful for his influence. But uh, yeah, that's, 
from then on, it was kind of a, okay, well, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a minister. Now what? And so now I began preparing for that. So I got both you guys in the ministry. We, I got, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm there with that, right? <laughs> so, so along the way, you meet a lovely lady. We'll yeah, go with you, Tom. And yeah. So tell us about your family and how, well, I know how that comes about, but tell me how that came about. Yeah, Jackie is uh, uh, from, from Coleman. And right. so it's kind of just, you know, Dr. Hayes, you baptized her, you know, yeah. as a little girl. Yeah. So. For us, that's been one of the just wonderful, as we look back on this journey God's had us on, I was preaching, like you, I had opportunity to speak at youth events, and that's a natural place for a young preacher to cut his teeth a lot of times, and so I'm preaching these youth events and camps like Centrifuge, and so at Centrifuge, whether you're at, I think I was at Gulf Shores, or, or Gulfport down in Mississippi, and then uh, uh, Jackson, Tennessee, wherever you land, you know, you might have 50 churches that week. From across the country one of these churches was from Coleman, alabama and i met a youth minister by the name of wayne cook and he brought his students there and um heard me preach and maybe had me down for disciple now or something and then and then one year uh had a, a chaperone back out last minute and so he asked uh this girl who had just graduated sanford named jackie dobson if she would step in as a chaperone and and sure enough she did came to that camp, and I happened to be the camp pastor. So we met that week. We have a photo. Uh, depending on who you ask, there's about 15 people around Coleman who claim that they put us together, you know, and they're all right. You know, they all had a hand in it. Oh, they introduced this, and, uh, you know, it was maybe a year went by, and uh, uh, Jackie and I sort of began dating long distance. She had moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in seminary up in New Jersey. And then, uh, yeah, we fell in love, and... Uh, uh, moved moved this sweet southern girl to uh to queens new york city <laughs> but uh what a what a joy and uh, yeah three kids later born and raised new york can you imagine and then moved them uh, to coleman to be right back at first baptist where where her spiritual journey sort of began that god brought us full circle is just a great that's a great joy and you can't you can't script that you know that's a great story yeah so dr hayes how did your how did your family begin how did you meet your wife and all those different things. Samford or Howard had a, a H-Day preaching opportunity for college uh, pastor students. And uh, we would go to various associations around the state on Sundays and preach in the little churches. And uh, one Sunday, uh, I was assigned to Edwall Association in Gadsden. And uh, we met on Sunday morning. Uh, the preacher students would drive up and we met on Sunday morning, and they assigned us to our churches. And fine, I'd been doing this several times. This was in January and of my freshman year at Samford. And uh, I'd been doing this several weeks, and I always was assigned the smallest church. And that was freshmen had to pay their dues. So, so <laughs> this day, I'm assigned to First Baptist Church of Glencoe, which is a significant... The, and so we're in there to get paired up with our church, and uh, the uh, someone comes to me and says, Ed so-and-so has family at First Baptist Glencoe. Would you be, I had you down for that church, would you be willing to swap with him? You could go where he was assigned, to the Duck Springs Baptist Church. <laughs> well, now you tell me. <laughs> Which sounds like a better church, <laughs> the Duck Springs Baptist Church or First Baptist Glencoe. 
But I said, yeah, that'd be fine. I didn't feel like I could say no. So sure enough, in a little while, I'm driving with a pastor about 20 miles out in the county to this small little church. It turned out to average about 50 or 60 in Sunday school. And that day, there was a pretty little girl in the choir with big dimples. And uh, I introduced myself to her. And she said, they said you were from Oneonta. I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm actually not from where this church is. I'm actually from Asheville, near Asheville, and go to Asheville High School. And uh, my mother works as a nurse at the Blunt Memorial Hospital in Oneonta. I said, well, my mother works there. I bet they know each other. So anyway, this is in January of my freshman year of college. Well, I was dating a, a high school girl from Aniana, and she was dating a boy from Asheville, and we, that was all that happened that day. A year later, uh, I was uh, broken up with my high school girlfriend, and I thought about Martha. And, and I found my way to that little church back up there, or to her home near, and it turns out Asheville's only about 12 miles from Aniana, where I grew up, but it's over in the next county. So she went to Asheville, I went to Aniana. And uh, she was a senior in high school at that time. Uh, and uh, I just asked her, I said, I've been asked to preach at the little church. I've been youth worker in at Boaz, Westside Baptist. Would you go with me to church tonight? You can hear me preach. <laughs> no, I didn't really say that. <laughs> I but, that, yeah. <laughs> but that was, so anyway, I did that. That was our first date. And... Uh, about a year we dated, and she graduated and was a student at the uh, Sneed College in Boaz, junior college. And uh, we dated, and we got married my in the summer before my senior year at Samford. Yeah. And she was uh, she had finished a year at uh, Sneed College. I got you. And yeah, so, and that's so we got married. And so... To, to follow that out, along comes children. Tell yeah. me about how many children that you have. We, we have three. Uh, we, we actually, I was actually a pastor at Cleveland Baptist Church while I, my senior year at Samford. So we commuted to school. And then after my senior year, Martha had finished uh, two and a half years of college. So we just decided immediately to go on to Fort Worth to seminary. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were that actually there three years. She worked on her Master of Religious Education, and I are a diploma of that. And uh, I was doing my Master of Divinity work. And our senior year, our daughter Julie was born uh, in the fall of that senior year at Southwestern. And then we from there we moved to Center, Alabama, First Baptist, and. The two boys, Jody and Jonathan, came along there. So we have the daughter and two sons. Gotcha. And we've got you in New York with no children, but you did say some came along. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the, the opposite. Uh, two daughters and one son. So Katie yeah. was born first. She's 13 now. Carson turned 11 yesterday, actually. Oh, wow. So I don't know when you'll hear this podcast, but his birthday was December 6th. And uh, little Anna is my youngest. She's nine. So we got, so we got you, so we got you married. We got yep. your children. We got you in the ministry. We've got the whole, we've got the whole thing. Now, one of the reasons why we wanted to, I wanted to talk with you guys, is, is it was about Christmas, right? About how that 
how you do Christmas, how you celebrate Christmas. Um, and I think all of us kind of probably have something special, some Christmas memory, at least I do. I think most people do. But I guess the first question that I would ask you is, and I'll go with you, Tom, first. How do, how do you and your family celebrate Christmas? Yeah, you know, you, to, you mentioned to me you were going to ask this question, and I was telling Jackie, I was like, I, I, it's sort of, uh, I, I don't want to disappoint people, but it's nothing really all that special i don't think you know it's it's family it's uh, it's church it's it's you not know. hallmark quiet you know, yeah, some, yeah some drama yeah, there yeah yeah there's yeah right right yeah. right 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 an all too busy new york account yeah, executive yeah, has yeah. to save the annual christmas tree <laughs> right, farm yeah right well I, you know we uh um uh, Jackie is so good with the kids and and all the traditions and and we we get a real tree every year and and decorate it all up and the stockings are hung by the chimney with care, you know the the being being in ministry is obviously puts a different angle a little bit you know we're we're really trying to um, encourage folks to to prioritize that the the keep Christ in Christmas or you know. And so for us, you know, the carols by candlelight is uh, is such a joy because it really, you know, it probably sounds hokey, but it uh, it doesn't feel like work at all. It just feels like being with my church family, and 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 it's a sweet time. You know, Chuck, you do a great job with the with that service and planning it, and and the hymns, and you know, I I love all that. I, I love music anyway. We talk about this a lot. I'm a huge music lover, and uh, uh, love the all the music that comes with Christmas, and so we just try to enjoy that. And then, uh, yeah, wake up Christmas, Christmas morning and, and tear into presents and go. tear into good food. And, go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dr. Hayes, I know, I know that, as we all know, life has its twists and turns. It has its things. and It, it has its ups and downs. And, of course, uh, I know that you and Martha, your children, Christmas and all those sort of things. And then you ran into what so many of our people in church, you ran into illness. You ran into that. So that, I know that changed your family dynamic somewhat. But how do you celebrate Christmas now? Well, bringing the kids up is very similar to what Brother Tom was sharing. Uh, just we had the Christmas tree. We decorated the house. Uh, the children always loved doing that. It was kind of a family tradition with my wife and her two sisters. They had a, a cookie baking day. Uh, the family would get together, and then they also had a candy-making day. Oh, okay. And they literally could make Christmas candies and open a shop uh, of, of candies. Uh, I never helped in production. I was in the consumption, consumption. Yeah. end of that. <laughs> but but uh, I've always been a candy lover. But but we ours is very similar to nothing special. Right. Being, as, as Brother Tom mentioned, being pastors... It was really focused around church sure. and, and uh, just children's music activities, mm -hmm. uh, youth music activities, uh, Christmas church Christmas parties, and then Christmas morning opening the gifts. I'll tell you one funny story very briefly. Uh, Jonathan, after we moved to Coleman, Jonathan was in fourth grade, and he was right at that point of, of discovering uh, about the, the, the realities so he booby-trapped our Christmas tree <laughs> with uh, rope around it and uh, cans and pots and pans attached to the rope. And then he put his bean bag, uh, University of Alabama bean bag, under the tree and inside the circle of rope and slept on it. 
so that he could catch <laughs> Santa Claus in the act. Oh. This, this actually happened. And uh, he, uh, in the, about four, well, he went sleep. He slept so soundly. We tiptoed over that rope, that little barrier he had, and put all the presents all around him in the dim light of, of the, where the Christmas tree was. And about three in the morning, uh -oh. We heard the awfulest racket of pots and pans uh, clanging and banging. And Jonathan had awakened, saw all the presents, forgot about his trap, and sprung it himself, <laughs> going to get his, young, his older brother Jody to see Santa Claus had come. Oh. That, that, that was, we had a lot yeah. of fun. Oh, yeah. That was growing up years. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, we're kind of... You and I were at a different stage than Tom um, because I, I'm like, yeah, I think back on Christmas, you know, and I can see, you know, I have these grown children, you know, I think about, uh, about Christmas, but, and I know I'm the host, but I'll share one Christmas memory. Susan and I married in November, November 22nd. I, I remember my anniversary. And, uh, but anyway, our first Christmas, we were in a house owned by Wilsonville Baptist Church, like most ministers of music. Well, not most, but some. Nothing would do Susan but to have a live Christmas tree. You mentioned a live Christmas tree. And, and she had grown up in the country on a farm, all this kind of stuff. So she decides that we'll go to her house and we'll cut a tree, right? And, and this house that we were living in was an old house with a high, high ceilings and stuff like that. So we're thinking we can get a pretty good-sized tree in there. And uh, anyway, so we went out to her mom and dad's place and chopped down a tree. And I, I hauled that thing back up there, and it wouldn't even fit in that house with like 12 foot ceilings or whatever. So we cut, we cut, we cut, whack, 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 got it down to where something that was manageable. So we managed to get it in. And lo and behold, and you don't think about this, you gradually accumulate decorations, right? We had nothing close to enough decorations to decorate this. Anyway, so we parked it in the corner, parked it in the corner, up in the corner, and we just decorated about half of it, sure, so it wasn't sure. that good. But it was funny. Yeah. But then, and then kids come along, and you do all the crazy stuff that you do. But uh, well, let me Chuck, ask, I, I'm oh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I know you're the host, but yeah. with with these stories, Doctor Hayes is telling. You know, Jonathan is of course such a beloved figure in our community. Oh, yeah. He's so well known through the schools, the coach. I think we should do a podcast of just Dr. Hayes riffing on Jonathan's stories. <laughs> yeah. I know my kids would eat <laughs> that up because they're coached by yeah. him. They know I always so many. smile. Yeah. I always smile when I think of, uh, I've got a couple of photos of, uh, of Jonathan and Carson together. And I always say, here's two preacher's kids at First, ba First Baptist Coleman preacher's kids, you know? And I always, they, I said, Jonathan, someday we're just going to have to sit down and, and you and Carson are going to have to tell all your stories, you know? <laughs> you know, every nook and cranny in the building, you know? Yeah, they know their way. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Preacher's <laughs> kids are they know their way around the church. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, they, yeah. and they're so comfortable with it. Sure. They're not in awe of it. Like, you know, other kids, you know, they're like, Ugh. but not, I, I had kids, my kids were like, my youngest son was like that. He, you didn't know what he might get off, <laughs> wander into, you know, like, uh, but anyway, but that is Christmas. Well, I'm the music guy, right? So I need to know, I want to know from both of you guys, as we get ready to close, um, what's your favorite Christmas song? Oh man. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough. That's I know this is important. Inquiring minds want to know that. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey is not in our Baptist hymnal. No, but, no. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. You want to go for? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I overthink. I love the theology. I love the doctrine. Hark the herald angels sing has all those great lines. Hail the heaven-born prince of peace. You know, you got mild he lays his glory by. And, um, oh, man. God rest you, Mary. Gentlemen has the, uh, uh, all that, you know, king forever, reigning ever, ceasing never. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'd go hark the herald. I uh, I have to admit that mine is very traditional. It's it's the Silent Night. Yeah. Uh, we've we've sung that here. And of course, I've been here now thirty nine Christmases. No, this is my fortieth Christmas right. in Cullman, and uh, we have the can- carols by candlelight, or, mm-hmm. and uh, we conclude that by lighting the candles all over the church and singing right. Silent Night. And uh, I just have to admit that's that's my favorite Christmas yeah. hymn, Silent Night. It is. It's beautiful. And I agree with the, the good thing is like with Christmas carols, like many hymns, melodies are so, you know, from a musical perspective, melodies are so good. And, and the melody, melody to Silent Night is just such a, it's a beautiful melody. And you can play all kinds of accompaniments with it. And it, it's just really good. Now, uh, What's your favorite? Well, I just changed my answer. Yeah, yeah I mean, he made such a compelling but case for just Silent like if Night. Just like if it isn't a carol, what okay. is your favorite Christmas song? Aside from that, those are your favorites. But let's face it, Christmas kind of in music, it comes in two different batches, doesn't it? You've yeah. got to, yeah. So what would be your favorite? Man, that's a that's a great question. Yeah, um, I'm trying. I'm sitting here running through my mind thinking, I, I don't know, it's hard to single one out. yeah. Yeah. You know, on my uh, on my Spotify playlist would be I like the sort of uh, kind of weird, I mean, not weird, but I like sort of <laughs> when they when they redo an old favorite. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, everybody yeah, uh, the standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Family Force five has a really weird version of Little Drummer Boy <laughs> where they yeah. I just, you know, crazy stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'd go with Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy. Oh. I don't know. We don't know. But do you hear what I hear? Maybe yeah, got, you know, that is, that's a great yeah, for those big soprano voices. I'm not sure. Mine's the, the I don't even know the, for, for sure the title. You I'll be home for Christmas. Oh, yeah, there you go. go. I'll be yeah. home for Christmas. I'll be there home for go. Christmas. I love that. I didn't song. tell you y'all were gonna have to sing as well. Too, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you don't know. You don't want to go there. <laughs> so so you can you can what like the I've heard an old preacher. I can carry a tune. I just have trouble unloading it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do. That's me. I understand. Actually, I, I love I love Christmas music. It's the strangest thing, you know. It it and I do. I kind of I have it divided into compartments. You know, I mean, like, and and I don't know why this is. And you may feel y'all may feel the same way. There is sort as as wonderful as Christmas is that we celebrate. It's such a marker time of year, isn't it? It's just a marker. It's like every year you find yourself wondering. You say, well, okay, this is this year, right? And and, the, and no, nothing's ever for certain, so you, it's such a marker. And, and I can think back, you know, I mentioned that Susan and I got married in November, so, you know, like there was all that, you know, that wonderful, wonderful Christmas and all those different things. But um, just for me, I think the best Christmas song from a not church it's Merry Christmas, Darling, by the Carpenters. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's so schmaltzy. Yeah. It is yeah, hopeless it is, romantic. It's, I know, but it is like, oh, the woman could sing so well. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, but well, that, 
Have it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I I wouldn't want the podcast about Christmas to end without a recommendation for, and I know this is a favorite of yours too. But if folks are not aware of Andrew Peterson's oh, "Behold wow. the Lamb of God," you oh, know that great. whole album, start to finish. Mm-hmm. Jackie and I got to go down to Birmingham and see that, yeah. and that's just oh, I mean, uh, uh, to me, it doesn't get any better. The whole than that. the whole Christmas album. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, man, I appreciate you guys. I love you, and I know that you. You have, I know, Dr. Hayes, you have a great ministry. And I didn't mention the fact that not only were you the senior pastor for many, many years, now you're the pastor emeritus. Um, and you combine bless. No, no, you don't combine blesses ever so often. But you're also, you help with the pastoral care. You're involved in that. And uh, still ministering, still going strong. You and Miss Charlotte. And uh, what a blessing that is. What a blessing really that you is. are uh, to our church family. And and I thank you for just being part. And uh, Tom, you got the ball, man. You're carrying it, of course. And absolutely, uh, and what a joy it is. And so, and I, I would say, and I think we would all agree, we are. If it is a marker, in fact, we are super blessed this Christmas, wouldn't you say? We are. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, God's been so good to us. So that wraps us up on this podcast. And you guys got the last one of the year. And you know, it'll probably go viral and have you know, I don't know what'll happen. <laughs> you know, you you may need to get an agent, you know, or whatever. To, I didn't ask about the royalties. No, well yeah, that was right. yeah. I'll give you half of what I'm getting. You know, so anyway, but no, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a Merry Christmas Thank and a you. wonderful one. Thank you so much.